You're listening to the Psalms for Sojourners podcast, in which we look at the Psalms as prayers for God's people on every occasion. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hi, and thanks for listening to another episode of Psalms for Sojourners. I'm Cole Kirby, a pastor at Sojourn Montrose and the host of this podcast. And this week I have a special guest uh, joining me, and that is Pastor Al Johnson um, of the Well Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Al grew up in the Houston area, uh, but has spent uh, most, if not all, of his adult life in San Antonio and planted the Well Church uh, there a number of years ago. Uh, He's become a friend of mine and of sojourns in general, uh, and so it was just a blessing to have him on. Uh, Al's uh, going to be talking about Psalm 89, uh, but even more than that, he's going to be talking about uh, the ways that the Lord has used the Psalms uh, throughout his life since he was in high school uh, to minister to him and to help him get through hard seasons and to teach him how to pray, um, which is something that we've been talking about on this podcast over and over and over again. And I think Al's testimony is particularly helpful and encouraging. And so with no further ado... Um, here is Pastor Al Johnson. All right. I'm here with Pastor Al Johnson of The Well in San Antonio. Al, it's good to have you. Man, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. So, Al, I'm I'm sure that we have maybe two or three listeners who are familiar with you, and I'm guessing they're probably Marshall and Reed. Um, and so, um, one, thanks for taking the time uh, to to be with us. Um, and for those who are listening, Al is, is a friend of Sojourn Montrose and a personal friend of mine. And so it's a blessing to have him on. Uh, but Al, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Shout out to, uh, you know, Reed and Marshall, the two uh, faithful listeners and friends too. But yeah, man, that's, uh, uh, my name's Al. I am from San, or I live in San Antonio. I claim to be from San Antonio now. I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. So y'all do have a place in my heart. Uh, uh, but I've lived in San Antonio now more than I have any other city in my life. And so that's where I met, what my, uh, met my wife um, and we've had our four kids here. And so uh, my wife's name's Jessica and we have four kids, uh, Deacon, who is six years old, uh, Allie, who is four years old, Nora, who is three, and then Knox, who is was just born uh, four months ago. And so we have a, a growing family the pastor of the Well Community Church. We are a church plant in the Acts 29 network like you guys down in Sojourn. And so, uh, man, we're just uh, trying to help people meet Jesus and then teach them to observe all he's commanded. Um, Pretty simple, great commission stuff. And so we're trying to be faithful to do that well. Some really wise guy encouraged us to do that. And so I think that's a good idea. You know, I've heard about him. And I like to introduce people to him. So, you know, he's a good guy. That's good. Um, well, Al, I, I know you already know this, but I ask everybody who is a, a new guest on the podcast a simple question. And, and I know for our discussion today, uh, your answer will probably be a little longer and more robust uh, than most of my guests because it's going to be in large part what we're talking about. Um, but with that, what role do the Psalms play in your life specifically as a Christian? 
Yeah, so, uh, well, first, um, the Psalms, I was really, I, um, my history with them really began in high school, sophomore year of high school. Um, I played sports. Uh, I ran track, cross country, uh, played basketball at the time. I even spent some time in high school playing water polo. Love sports, was active, um, but also liked to, to write. Um, and so I was a writer. Um, Ended up being an English major, major concentrating in creative writing, and so I really enjoyed poetry. Um, and so that was, I guess, the first way I got into the Psalms was I understood, I saw that this was some sort of uh, poetic uh, verse um, in the Bible, trying to figure that out, trying to understand what, what its place was in the Bible. But additionally, around uh, that time, my sophomore year, um, had an interesting encounter with a friend of mine who turned uh, an enemy of sorts. Um, and so uh, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but he um, wanted to uh, kill me, I guess. Uh, he put me on a hit list and it seemed pretty serious. And um, you know, he got suspended from school forward and then later chases me down uh, um, and what I thought was, you know, kind of going to be a battle uh, uh, for my life um, ended up God, you know, I really do believe stepped in, created peace and calmness in that situation, in that environment. Um, And then, but what happened after that was really um, uh, me learning to deal and process with my uh, emotions because I was angry. I was bitter. No one was listening to me. I I learned quickly that, uh, that, that if I didn't process these things, then it was going to, you know, end up harming me. Um, I was seeing a counselor, but, but really uh, the things that began to um, uh, help me in, in the most was, uh, was the Psalms um, truly. So I, I was following Jesus at the time and, and uh, I saw a guy named David, right. Who writes most of these Psalms and he seemed like a guy I could relate to. Uh, I was aggressive and active and uh, I like to write, um, and particularly liked writing poetry, which is, was uncommon with most of my friends. And so, uh, I saw that David could kill a lion and a bear with his bare hands and he led armies at war and, uh, he played music and wrote poems and, you know, I've, uh, yet to, uh, kill a lion or a bear with my bare hands and have yet to learn an instrument. So I still got some t- areas to grow in, uh, if I want to be <laughs> like David, but you know, um, that's where my, this is kind of where I was introduced to the Psalms, so to speak, or began to really study them and, and, and connect. And I connected with a guy, a guy who I felt like uh, was had the freedom to process his his pain and his emotions and the stuff he was going through. He also had a dude that was kind of hunting him down and King Saul. And so um, obviously not David, obviously not similar situation, but I could relate. And, if, and the Psalms gave me a, a place where I could I, – I saw someone who I, I looked up to, so to speak, in a way – as a you know, fifteen, sixteen year old kid, uh, and and it gave me the freedom to process and, and to feel and pray, and so that was kind of my beginning of the journey in the Psalms for me. Yeah, man, that's powerful. And and to this day, do the Psalms play like that similar important role in your life? Yeah, uh, totally, and, and exactly that. And so that that's mainly what the the role of the Psalms play for me is is. They give me the freedom to process. Um, as an eight on the Enneagram, for those of you who care, I don't actually care about the Enneagram. I just know that I am an eight. Don't know any of the other numbers, so I don't know anything. But as an eight, apparently, uh, in some ways, uh, 
I've seen other guys who are eight. We have we have a lot of emotions, but we tend to express them in two ways: anger and bitterness. And so, uh, when I'm sad, I'm angry. I'm, I'm bitter. I'm angry. Uh, there's you know I, you know there's uh, there's hurt. There's pains, and instead of tears, there's frustration. And so, um, man, the the Psalms actually give me the freedom to experience the other emotions uh, that I actually am feeling, but tend to manifest themselves as as other uh, other things. You know, anger, aggression, or whatever it is. And so. Um, Man, the Psalms give me language to process. They give me language to be honest. That's what I love about the Psalms. Is like it seems like the psalmist can be real honest in the in there. And you know, there's times where that you, you you hear prayers or you hear Psalms that you're like, man, I don't think we'd ever sing that in church. And uh, I think that's you know my prayer life. You know, some of the things I, I'm praying and feeling, I have the freedom. And if we believe that Jesus does know our heart, He does. He knows, and He's atoned for our past, present, and future sins. Right? Um, then we have this freedom uh, to to come to Him as we are and let Him clean us up. Let it, and so I've really the Psalms have taught me that my hurts, my pains, my doubts, my fears, my even my sin is is an invitation to run to Jesus and and process that with Him. And so um, that that's really where the Psalms lie still in, in, for me in, in my life. And so if I don't know what to pray, I read the Psalms. If I don't know what to, to think or how to process through what I'm feeling, I go to the Psalms. Um, I spend a, you know, a lot of time in the Psalms, uh, uh, depending on the season, but particularly try to read something in the Psalms you know, pretty much daily. Uh, I read one Bible plan one time that kind of took you through you know, a psalm a day. And, and so, uh, man, it, it's not, not that I'm reading a whole psalms a day. I tend to, to go to some specific ones and uh, uh, at different times. But anyway, the psalms are always a place where I can uh, begin, especially as I pray. Yeah. Well, I, th- man, I think that's so helpful. And I'm sure that your, your story and the way that you're talking about relating to the psalms will be helpful for folks listening because, and it's been a consistent theme really in talking to a lot of different people over the past few months is, is that consistently I hear like both from people who feel very in touch with their emotions and from people who feel very not in touch Mm -hmm. with their emotions. The Psalms are, are either, they're either focusing and, and giving a godly way to express all of the emotions that someone might be feeling or they're giving clarity to the emotions that, that we don't know how to process. And I identify very much with the, the Enneagram eight, like every emotion eventually just gets turned into anger. Um, and so the Psalms, yeah, they help me experience sadness rather than Mm -hmm. just pretending that I'm mad. Um, and, and things like that. And I think that your story especially going back to what you were sharing about when you were in high school and relating to King David, like being pursued by an enemy mm-hmm. and, and also just some of his characteristics as this strong leader who was very much a man's man, a leader of the military, but also had this side where he wanted to express himself through poetry and thought, that poetry and song were like this unique way in which he could relate to the Lord and, and expose truth to God's people through song and poetry. And, and I love, I love that as like a young man, you saw that as 
like an encouragement rather than as something that was like silly or in, in some way like a masculine or whatever. Yeah. And that's the, uh, on that, man, that was the, I was, uh, uh, I didn't have any friends who could understand, like, you know, you just, you, we get told or we, uh, I was, no one, you know, verbatim said this, but you know, you kind of see you have, you have the jocks, the guys who are athletic, then you have the, you know, whatever nerds or what, I don't know, whatever we call it, you know, you know, it's probably some derogatory comment towards either group, but, but you kind of see like these guys love academic academics. And so they can't be good at sports or these guys can be, uh, these guys are really good at sports, so they can't be smart. And so I, you saw in a guy, um, like David who, who was both, uh, you also see it in, in, in other, I mean, Jesus is, is that as well. You know, he's, he's well versed in, um, in, in the Bible, he's well versed in, or in the law, and you know he 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 know you know he's 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 interpreting uh, teaching. He's he's you know people are amazed at his him speaking and teaching, and yet he's like a carpenter's son, and uh, you know he gets beat and almost dies getting beat, and he still gets up and like goes to the cross, you know. So he has little he was a little tough, um, and so I you know I saw started seeing this. I was a Bible guy that, that around my sophomore year of high school, I just like consumed Bible. And so, you know, and that was, I I didn't know how to even process, uh, it with friends because I felt like I couldn't relate to anyone. I felt like the church I was going to, I love it to death, but I just felt like none of my friends could relate in, in the Christian circles. It was like, it was either too feminine or, uh, too weird or too, and so that really is a, is a testimony of my, my, you know, uh, or, or that, that same kind of dynamic is, plays into my whole testimony, even into planting a church and, and, and being a part of, 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 you know, different groups of church planting networks and stuff like that was, was, uh, finding space to be a, a whole man, uh, not just, um, a partial man. And so, um, and so that was, uh, even in high, even in college, I mean, I mean, I was an English major and ran track, you know, like, uh, Shout out to uh, there, Dee Dee Towler uh, down in uh, uh, the Heights, right? He's at maybe he's at the Heights in Sojourn. Uh, I think he did at some point in time. He was a he was a baseball player and an English major with me, and so you know he you know I, he was the only person it took till I was you know in my mid twenties to finally meet a guy who was similar, and so that was. Uh, uh, David and the Psalms were my friends. Like that, I didn't have a place to process that, and so I hope to help guys also now see, like, hey man, uh, this is actually the dude you want to be like. Uh, read the Bible; they're actually better than all the guys, the clowns out there on the social media, and, and you know that you want to, you're, you're trying to mimic. And so um, I learned that early on, and so uh, by accident, and so I, I do want to help guys uh, see that as well. And our ladies, but our guys tend to struggle with their emotions a little bit more from my experience. Yeah, that's true. I also think it's, uh, it's just uncanny. The testimony of someone in high school feeling like nobody understands them. Yeah. Like it's funny thinking that you were feeling that way while everybody sitting next to you in class was also feeling that way. And that's just funny to me because I know that when I was in 10th grade, I felt that way. Um, but with with all that being said, and kind of with your story and, and how you relate to the Psalms in mind, you wanted to discuss at least some portions of Psalm 89 uh, today. And so before we jump into why and what, um, 
do you want to just tell me what portion you want to read for us? Um, and then go ahead and do that. Yeah, let's do, uh, Psalm 89, uh, verses one through, uh, 13. Uh, it's a long Psalm, so I recommend you read it all. Uh, but for our time of one through 13, so Psalm 89 starts, it says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, for I said, steadfast love will build up, will be built up forever in the heavens. You will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is the Lord? A God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord of hosts, who is mighty, who is as mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging sea. When it when the, when its waves rise, you still them. Uh, you crushed, um, man. We're gonna say uh, Rahab uh, like a carcass, and you scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth is also yours. The world and all that's in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Uh, Tabor and Hermon uh, joy, joy, joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High, uh, high your, your right hand. What's up there? It's a lot there, man. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, well, where should we begin? Yeah, man, the first part I want to say, like, I, you know, is these are uh, these are songs. You know, a lot of these, you know, poetry, sing. And I didn't really understand that, you know, when I first got into the Psalms. But you know, he, he starts off. He says, he says, I will sing. You know, I don't. I think there's the. The, that's a reality. Like we got to understand that uh, songs have a place in our worship. They also it, that singing is not the only way we worship. Obviously, uh, we 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 might call it worship, but uh, uh, it is. It's worship through singing, but it is a way that we can express a lot of times how we're feeling, and also it, it gives us language to uh, not just sing but to pray. And so, but he says, "I will sing uh, of the of the steadfast love of the Lord forever." And um, Man, I, I want us to first see that, um, especially for people who are struggling to pray and struggling to process their emotions, that, that singing can be prayer. Like, it, like, you can sing prayers. Like, we're teaching our kids right now, you know, uh, m- memorizing scripture. How do we do it? We sing it. And so oftentimes we, we categorize, we, like, we have certain categories. This is what prayer looks like. This is what singing looks like. This is what whatever looks like. And first thing I'd want to say is, man, um, singing can be, or prayer can be singing. Singing can be prayer. And, and one of the things I, I love about that is this is how it can, uh, the Psalms help me to pray without ceasing. Like, you know, we're commanded to pray without ceasing. And one of the ways we can do that is through through song um, and through the Psalms. And so this is one, one way that it, it, it enhances my prayer life. And um, 
So that's the first thing I see when I when I'm reading this. Obviously, it's the the, the very first verse. Yeah, well, and I the concept of I will sing of the steadfast love of, of the Lord forever. Like there is a, there's obviously underlying that this concept of prayer without singing, without ceasing, right? Yeah. Because it's forever that he will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord. And then you know if we if we skip ahead to Revelation twenty one, what yeah. do we see? We see God's people singing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. Forever. Um, yeah. So I think that's helpful. And, you know, one thing that we've tried to say over and over and over in this podcast is that the Psalms are both the prayer book of God's people, but also the hymn book of God's people. Like they are songs to be sung. And, and even, I, I feel like earlier you mentioned something about how like some of the Psalms, there's kind of these scandalous prayers mm-hmm. that you would think, man, we yeah. wouldn't sing that in church. But historically, like, a lot of Christian traditions have sung all of the Psalms in gathered worship on Sunday, which is, I think really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. And, and that's like, this is when we think of, when we think of our music, right. We think of the songs we sing and, and it's why lyrics matter. It's why, you know, when we, we sing songs of worship and on our, in our Sunday gatherings, why this, why these things matter is because, um, if, if something can get, songs can get stuck in your head so quickly. And it actually, if it's has, uh, if it's, you know, telling of the steadfast love of the Lord, I mean, you're thinking of on that day and night, like that it's actually forming, not your mind, your heart, your emotions, um, imagining, you know, if you were thinking about how awesome the, you know, uh, God's love for you, uh, was throughout the day, you know, how would that change the way you interact? How would that change the interact with people? And, um, and so that's when I'm praying the Psalms, that's actually what I start. That's how I think I, so I read something, I read a verse just like this, you know, uh, uh, exactly here. You know, I will sing in the steadfast love of the Lord forever. First, I'm reminded, like, one, his love endures forever. Second is that I'm reminded that I don't sing of his steadfast love forever. I forget it. I'm, And so I'm reading, you know, as I read a psalm like this, I will begin praying and just asking the one, just recognizing, thanking the Lord for who he is and, and that his love uh, endures forever and how much love he has bestowed on me and through thinking about the, the person and work of Jesus and, and allowing then as I meditate on that, my mouth to make known, like in prayer to make known his faithfulness and then ask, you know, the psalmist says here, and he's still in verse one, that, uh, he would make known God's faithfulness to all generations, and I start praying for my my wife, my kids, the generations that that are, that I that I that are my biological generations, and then I might you know lead to praying for the church. And so when I I, I really use the Psalms too as a as a platform uh, to um, begin and start my prayer and allow it. If the, if if the Word of God is uh, is breathed out by the Holy Spirit, He and then I'm, if I want to pray in the Spirit, I'm going to pray the words of the book and. Um, Allow when we start doing that, I think we find that it one it enriches our prayer life, two it, it enriches us uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally, but it also connects us to things that uh, are, are the Spirit wants us to pray. And you know, going back to uh, you know Romans eight, you know he's te- you know he's it, I think it's a way in which he's he he's helping us pray um, is, is is through. You know, using it doesn't matter. It can be anything, but the Psalms, particularly since our so we're talking about as a as a launch pad, so to speak, for prayer. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I love the idea of like not just praying the Psalms exactly as they are, which I think we ought to do. Just pray them as they the Spirit inspired men and women to write yeah. them, but also to use them as inspiration for an even more intimate or personal prayer. I, I know that when I was in college, um, my college pastor he invited anybody who is part of our student ministry to come meet him at like six in the morning on Wednesdays to pray through the Lord's prayer. And usually it was just like me and like three other guys. Um, But it wasn't like we would get there and recite the Lord's prayer and be done. It was that we would say, okay, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then we would just spend however Mm -hmm. long praising him for how good he was. And, And then we would move on through each, kind of iteration in the Lord's prayer and yeah. just, and, and allow that to inspire more personal prayer, yeah. you know, forgive us our sins. So then we would start confessing our sins and, and man, it was really powerful. And it was like, Oh, well, this is why our Lord taught us to pray this way. This is why the spirit has inspired us to pray this way. It's because it's helpful. And yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think that this, it, what, what the question that comes to mind is like, man, uh, what if you're not there, right? Like, it, so this psalm starts off with uh, praise. What if you're not in a, the spirit of praise, you know? And so, uh, I, to me, that's a question I have asked, and so I'm sure there would be some people in here, like, even the Lord's prayer, you're there. But what if I'm? What if I don't want to forgive, you know, uh, those who trespass against me? Like, what if I'm like not there yet? And while the the text tells me I ought to be there, what do I do? And and I, there's been times where I've been defeated or discouraged by that. And so to me, I think the Psalms, there, there are Psalms that connect with how I'm feeling in the present, like right now. And there's Psalms that uh, can lead me to where I want to be. I do think Psalm 89, is, it plays both roles, plays both spaces. And so like to the person who's like, man, they're, they're pumped. Uh, you know, like we're heading out of quarantine. We're heading back to church on Sunday. It's we're regathering. It's been seven months. We're ready to get back. Then we're full of praise. But man, what if you're not? And I think that's the thing that I see here is that uh, what if I'm not in a position of praise? And I think that's when you turn it to to prayer. Uh, you 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 still use the praise, uh, but you connect it back to God. This is where I want to be. I'm not here right now. Like I'm not at the point where I'm saying, "Lord, let the heavens and praise you." Because, like, honestly, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm bitter. Um, and I think that you can be honest with the Lord in prayer, even when you're reading this psalm. It's like, okay, I, I I'm not there, and and seeing that where you might fall short, uh, say of 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 whatever it is, and what are you immediately reminded? That the steadfast love of the Lord, like, is forever. It's forever. And, man, even if you don't even move past that verse, or, I mean, we haven't moved past it, right, uh, is it, it can change that that position where you're, of your heart and can change where uh, where you're at to move you towards praise. So if you're not in the position of praise, I think as you're reading it, as you're praying, as you're being honest, and you're asking the Lord to, to grant you what the psalmist is uh, maybe speaking to, 
you might see, I've seen it over and over again, that that the Holy Spirit does something through prayer that would not have been done if I ha- if it had not been asked of the Lord and had not had been sought after um, in a time of prayer. And uh, I'm reminded of James four two, the first part says, "You have not because you ask not." And I'm I'm reminded that you know there are times in which you know I don't have because I simply did not ask. And imagine if I just ask the Lord for help, change of heart. I go into the Psalms, seeking His face praying the prayers of the psalmist and you'd be surprised how i mean and i you know i, I think those listening would be surprised uh how the lord is faithful to to change maybe your, your heart and maybe not today maybe throughout your day but it's a starting place for sure yeah i i think that's absolutely right and there's this there's a beauty in in the the discipline of prayer and of worship even when we're not when our circumstances or our emotional health or whatever it is don't lend us toward that naturally, right? Because there are certain circumstances and seasons of my life where, yeah, all I want to do is praise the Lord. Like I'm feeling, I'm feeling the weightiness of His love and His blessing, and and all those things. But there's a lot of times that that I've been through, even recently, that that I have to go to the Psalms so that the Psalms tell me to worship the Lord yeah. because otherwise I won't. Yeah. And when I don't, I'm missing out on participating in the joy mm-hmm. of his kingdom. And I love this Psalm because after verse one, really verses one and two, like the next 10 or 12 verses are just the Psalmist giving us all the reasons yeah. why we should praise the Lord. Why? Because he's made a covenant with us. Mm-hmm. Like, like God is a covenant a God of covenant promises. Like he's established relationship with us that we aren't going to mess up and he's mighty and he has created all things. And like, he's, he's done, he's been faithful throughout the generations and all these things where it's like, okay, well maybe I didn't want to praise the Lord when I started, but now I'm, I'm saying all of these things and reminding myself of what's true. And I'm realizing, Oh, he is worthy of all my praise, even though my circumstances, don't lend themselves to it. And I think another thing, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a little book on the Psalms. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. read it, but it, you could read it in an afternoon. And I actually did a podcast on it. But one of the things he he encourages readers to do is to read the Psalms and pray the Psalms yeah. in order. Um, because like the spirit of God has ordered them. Yeah. And so it's not like, I'm not going to just always go and find the Psalm that speaks to me, Yeah, but I'm going to pray the Psalm that God has given me to pray mm-hmm. even when it doesn't speak to me. And one of the reasons he gave for that is because it certainly speaks to other brothers and sisters somewhere. Yeah. And so you can pray on their behalf. Like even when you're not depressed, you can pray Psalm 88 because yeah. there's brothers and sisters in your church who are. Yeah. And like, that's beautiful. I think. It is, man, and if, it, it's so counter uh, cultural to the world we live in that that is consumeristic and uh, demands that I only interact with things that I feel or I want or I need, and 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 it really re reor like you just said, man. It actually moves us out of. Uh, there are times where you know we need to be inward focused in a prayer, but it moves us outside of ourselves. And um, I mean, Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. Um, and so sometimes giving a prayer for someone is is more encouraging than 
than receiving a prayer for yourself. Now, I've been encouraged by so many prayers. I think you should pray for others. And tell me when you're praying for me because I get encouraged by it. But likewise, when I'm praying on, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit more energetic about and faithful, you know, and like, I believe God can heal this, whatever, when I'm, I'm praying for someone else. And, you know, I might have faith where they don't have. And you see this with the, with the paralytic man and, and his friends taking him to Jesus. And it was by their faith that he was healed. And so, man, that's a great encouragement uh, uh, to me even now, just in a good reminder there that, uh, man, we don't know what the Lord wants to do in and through us uh, in our times of prayer. Sometimes it is, yes, there's always going to be a formation to our, our own soul, but how much more uh, it, it does he want to do? And so, I, I, you know, you see things throughout the Bible when you're just like, man, I don't think they knew that was going to happen, but they, they were faithful and they showed up mm. and then God used it. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm looking at the time and we've been going for a while, but there's one thing that I know you had, you'd wanted to talk about and I'm going to segue into it cause I don't, I don't want to miss it. I think it's, I think it's really helpful, especially in light of your story about how you started your relationship with the Psalms in high school, in this season of being afraid and angry and feeling like your life was in danger and all these things. And that's, that's the way God is described in verses nine through 13 of this Psalm. And so I'm going to read that just again, so yeah. that it's on, on the listener's mind. And then you just kind of walk us through really, really quickly yeah. w- your thoughts on that. So Psalm 89 verses nine through 13 say this, O Lord God. Oh, that's verse eight, beginning in verse nine, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Yeah, man, that's just so, it gives me courage. Uh, you know, the word encouragement, you know, we're like, hey, give me, you know, you tell someone, hey, I want to encourage you. And what you're doing is, is you're instilling courage into them. And so uh, what gives me courage when I am when I don't have any is is seeing, not just knowing of the steadfast love of the Lord, as we, you know, in theory, but seeing how it's personified. Here, when you get down to verse 9, uh, you know, like, he rules over the raging sea. So my life is chaotic. It is, it feels like the way waves are up and down. I'm reminded that our God's, you know, he can calm them. Not only he has the power to do it, we've seen him do it through the person of Jesus. And then in verse 10, uh, you know, you crush Rahab like a carcass. Like that's just, I think there's times where we need to understand that that the mighty power of our God, um, and how strong he is. And I think oftentimes, uh, I've seen people get real, like, you know, uh, worried about talking about the strength of our God and, and, in in verses like maybe like verse 10, um, and that imagery, like you crush or you have like a car, like you, like we, we get a little intimidated by that. I think it's because we wrongly as Christians, we, we forget in that moment, uh, our position and we're sons and daughters. 
Jesus has saved us. We've been set free. We're no longer slaves. We're no longer, uh, uh, you know, rebellious. We are sons and daughters of the King. And in that, the King protects us. The King uh, exercises His strength on our behalf. We see throughout uh, you know, the, the, the Scriptures that, that Jesus is both the Lion and the Lamb. And I, I think it's important for us to remember that Jesus is a Lion uh, for us and a Lamb to us. So, he, he is tender to us. He is compassionate to us. But He is a lion for us. So that means that He defends us. He protects us. And, 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 and in this psalm, we see that He has the, the power to defend. Like, it's one thing to say I want to defend you, but it, like I have no ability to defend you. Like, it's, it's empty words. But when you rule the raging sea, like, you can calm it whenever you want. You can scatter my enemies. You can, like, you uphold the heavens. You've founded them. You've created everything, like, north and south. Like, you know, you've created those. Your, your, your arms are wide. Your, your stretch is mighty. Um, your, your hand is strong. And, and like, you're not going to, like, you know, lose grip. You're not going to give up. You're not going to have, you know, lack endurance, but you're going to be, you, you are the best of the best of the best defender and protector and, and strength and wisdom. Like, man, that, inc- that gives me courage because my God, uh, my heavenly father is, uses all of that strength for me, uh, not against me. And I think that yeah. sometimes we think that God is somehow against us, um, as his sons and daughters, and that may—that's a whole other podcast, you know. Uh, but uh, but at, if you've been saved by Jesus, like He is no longer—he is not against you. He is not. He is for you. And so I love the imagery of throughout the scriptures of our God being both the, the lion and the lamb. And it's it, we love Jesus being the lamb to us. But man, maybe not forget He is a lion for us. Yeah, that's good. I love I love that the idea that the God of the universe who from the smallest atom to the entire range of the cosmos can cause them to obey just by the word of his mouth. But with his mouth, he has called us sons and daughters. And so we can have confidence in it. We can have courage. I love that, that idea of encouragement, like God, that gives me courage. Um, That's beautiful. The Psalm that we actually read for today at Sojourn, today being Tuesday, September 29th. Um, it's one of my favorites, and it, it, it's Psalm 93, and and there's these ver- verses where, where the author talks about the floods, and three times he s- says essentially, the floods are raging, the floods are rising up against me, the floods are going to consume me, and then he immediately responds by saying, but God, you're mightier, you're mightier, yeah. you're mightier. And it's like, man, when life feels like all it is is floods, like all we have to remember is for every flood, God is mightier yeah. than that flood. And that's good. Um, well, yeah, Al, it's been, a, it's been a real treat to have you on. And I'm really, uh, really thankful for you and for the work y'all are doing in San Antonio and uh, for joining us on Psalms for Sojourners. Dude, I loved it. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, may the Lord bless you guys and all you're doing. Uh, we are super fans of uh, the whole so- Sojourn Network, and uh, we love that churches are being planted throughout Houston uh, for the glory of Jesus. And so keep it up, man. Uh, Proud of you guys. San Antonio, and um, particular blessings toward y'all this Sunday as you gather for the first time. 
uh, since quarantine began. Yeah, That's seven awesome, months, man. man. We're excited to be back. Thank you. That's good. All right. Well, have a good one. Hey, man. You too.